1: Welcome in to the House of L podcast. I am your host, Lawrence Holmes, and I am very much looking forward to you hearing this episode. Episode 67 of the podcast. Thanks to everyone who checked out the Jason Goff episode, episode 66. It was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, I was glad that I kind of broke the podcast rule. My rule was that I wasn't going to like have someone return on the podcast until I'd kind of done a round Robin. But there's so many people in Chicago media who knew whenever I was going to get back to to Jason being on the pot, I'm glad that he was available. I love talking with him about the business. I'm really proud of him. I'm very happy for him that he has found a space at at both big 10 serious and Now, this ESPN thing, man, I I think it's going to be huge for Jason. I think he's going to do really well and move up very, very quickly. So be paying attention to that. Be following him on Twitter and whatnot and see what's going on with the golf. Today's episode, I'm jacked about today's episode because... Dave Hellum is has been a friend of mine for the last few years. Like we go to the same barber, which is what you'll hear us starting the conversation with our, our our guy Rico in Hyde Park. Shout out to everyone at the barbershop, my man, Nolan, my man, Elliot. We uh we have the same barber and he's been a fan of the show for a while. And he hit me up one day and said, look, I'm a comedian. And I was like, okay, cool. Great. When can I see you? And he said, I do a show every month at North Bar. You should come and check it out. So I went and checked out his show and I was like, man, this dude is really funny and it's very relatable. He's a former CPS teacher. And he quit being a teacher because being a teacher is hard. And he really wanted to. He really wanted to focus in on comedy like that made him happy. He's a funny dude. So he started doing that and his rise in the comedy world has been tremendous. I, I I try and watch Dave every month when he comes home because now he lives in L.A. He's a Chicago dude, but he lives in L.A. now and he'll explain inside our conversation why he's in Los Angeles now and why he comes back here once a month. But. I love his story, man. You talk about origin stories that are fantastic. This is one of them, where now he's trying out to be a writer for shows like Blackish. You know he he's become a writer. He was a writer on the Rel Show on Fox. So it's a really good, it's a nice parallel, like to what I do for a living. It's one of the reasons why I like talking with comedians so much is listening to what it takes to get to the top of their profession and to also see how it morphs and changes. Like, are you going to focus solely on performing? Are you better at writing? Also, comedians are funny. Spoiler alert, they're funny. But Dave is a really good example of a guy from the neighborhood made good. And I'm so happy that he is having the type of success That he's having because he absolutely 100% deserves it. So listen to the episode. This is a funny dude. This is a cat whose name you might not know right now, but you will. And you're going to be like, oh, Lawrence was talking about that dude, I think. Yeah. And talking to him. This is my boy, Dave Hellum. This is us talking about comedy and life and teaching and getting drunk And also, our barber, Rico, at Blue's Barbershop. Enjoy. Yeah, I I mean, we got the... I'm charging right now. You need a charger? I got a charger. Just need the outlets.
0: Let me just say this. Yesterday was a wild day, sir. You text me? And I was like, yeah, I'm coming.
1: You could have said no, man. You could have totally said I would have understood. Nah. Man of my word, brother. I would have understood. So I'm recording right now. I'm already recording. I don't even do intros no more. I just, I'll do the front and back later. We're, we're just here. I got you. we just out here. I have a question for you to start things off. It It pertains to both of us. Okay. What do you do... When your barber says he's only cutting on Thursday, Friday and Saturday <laughs> are are you then are would you be allowed to leave your barber if they put those type of restrictions on when you could get your haircut? I'm a barber cheater, you
0: know what i'm saying I'm, I'm not I'm a non-monogamous uh client, so like you know if you want to make these rules up and you say that you can't do these things, that means I get to step out on you you know what I'm saying and, and go and get my freak on. Or other barbers. Now, here's here's the only bad part. You might you might get burnt. Okay, when you, sure. When you cheat, you might come back with a with a VD, and that's a that's a fucked up lining. <laughs> or <'cause>, <laughs> <laughs> because like your barber knows how to cut your hair, right, Rico? And <laughs> you you know how how uh, he knows how to cut my hair too. It's our barber, right? So like when when they're a superstar and they're they're a food porn person, like, like like our barber is. Our barber's a famous person. Okay? Super
1: famous. Like, more famous than us combined.
0: He's, like, Hi- High Park famous, but I, I love him very much. You know, that's the thing, High Park famous, where you're,
1: like, only famous on 53rd Street. <laughs> you're only famous between, like, 51st and 56th. No, I said what I said. Just 53rd, <laughs> 53rd? He only gets 53rd? Between Cottage Grove and,
0: and, and Lake Park. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. Down down that one block, everybody knows your name. <laughs> Rico, but people, but people do know him. Like I mean, they do, and now he's being a, he's he's in movies now. He's like he's an extra. He was in Taken, like he was in one scene. Where, like, was he really? Well, I mean, Viola Davis was like eating in a diner, and then you saw like the back of his head. All right. <laughs> and, oh, okay. And it was, uh, he, he's like, yeah, I've been, I've been in that, I've been in Empire. I'm like, uh, you're not in shit. Okay, you are, you are an extra. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we see, the, we see the side of your head, sir. That is all that is. That's okay. What's really crazy is, were you with Rico back when he was over Canalport? Uh, okay, and now like all the Nine Mac people are there. Yeah. So yeah. I, I remember. And what's crazy is, and I joke about this all the time, is that Charmaine used to be a sales uh, rep here at my radio station. Oh, Charmaine. I mean, it's crazy to me. Like to see her on television now is insane. I love that show, by the way,
0: um, Black King Chicago. It is. I like Ratchet TV, but they cause they always fight for no reason. Like like it's like they're having a good time, and then something happens where it's like fuck it, we just got to fight, and it comes out of nowhere, and I love it. I know I shouldn't support it, but it's my shit.
1: It, it seems to be that is the genre of show now on VH1, where it's like let's just get a bunch of people in the same industry together and have them fight, and then I feel like an old head because i'm like i don't i don't know these people and i'm sitting there like do i not know these people because they aren't famous or do i not know these people because i'm too old and then i'm like wait they older than i am who like, well, I mean, like I know who Stevie J is. Oh yeah, Stevie, right. But Stevie J's damn near fifty. He just wears all the shit. In his that's head, that's right? my point. But I don't know who who Carly is. Like I don't know who some of these people are on Love and Hip Hop. You don't need to know anybody except Cardi B. Like
0: like she made it out the trap and now she's free. She found her offset. And but other than that, no one gives a fuck, man. Like <laughs> I just watch it for the fights. I, like I, I it's bad. But I really like seeing black on black violence on VH1. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Cause it's not like it's not like I like it for real. But it's just entertaining when somebody gets hit with a stiletto. Right. right. It's a lot of shoe throwing. Man, like that's a thing. And if you if you think about where else would you see Young Jock in life outside of outside of reality TV? Why does he have blue hair? Why does he have so many things? Or why, why, a perm? Why does he have a perm? Why is his name Young Jock? <laughs> You mean you gotta go to old Jack now? Well, he's not young. It's true. It's like it's like young Jeezy. He's just Jeezy. Jeezy's like fifty. You just Jeezy now, all right? And Dr. Dre is not a doctor. I just call him Dre. <laughs> like, I, I don't. I don't. I don't get people names that they, they don't deserve. You can call him billionaire now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you're not a doctor, son. Well, actually, you might be a doctor because Missy
1: just got an honorary doctorate. Did you see her speech? I thought it was pretty great. No, I didn't see it. She she was talking about how she got a how people kept doubting her like throughout the beginning of her career and that she used to see back in the day like it would be her song but they would have a model in the video and that it really bothered oh, her oh yeah you remember like there, that was like a whole thing in the like the, the late C- 80s CNC and music factory 100% no 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 actually with it, martha it, wash right it was martha wash doing the singing yeah
0: I think there's a woman that was in the LL Cool J's Doing It video that that did the same thing um, because they put somebody else, even though it was a bigger woman, that was talking. That's messed up.
1: It's way messed up. You've, like, gotten a little brand new lately, I've noticed. How so? You're vegan now. Oh, vegetarian. Well, actually, pescatarian.
0: I still have fish every once in a while. All right, that's
1: good. So how's that going?
0: It's good, man. I'm trying. If I could stop the alcohol, that would be great. Like, like I, that. That that is my downfall because, like, as a comic, we're out every night kicking it. And I told you last night was too real. I'm in town for this uh, show called True TV's Lab Tracks at the Promontory on the South Side. On uh, and it, they bring in like some of the country's best comics, and they tape their live sets, and then they do um, a recreation of their jokes uh, with a, with the a voiceover with with actual actors and a live sketch. It's really amazing. I did it last season. Anyway, last last night was Chris Red from SNL. my guy T-Murv, Just Niche, and Donnell Rollins, a.k.a. Ashy Larry. And it was, like, the first night of the taping, so people were just kind of like, they're like, we want to die tonight, right? So, like, everybody was just out at the promontory, just losing their damn mind. And I... I probably smell very interesting right now because like it is it, it, just, it was a hell of a time, man. Now you you never like shower, but you'd be like, man, you know it's still in me. I smell it.
1: No, no, I, I've <laughs> I've had those nights. It, they're few and far between for me because I don't drink that much. But when you go, like when you go hard, man, I went hard, and you're just sitting there like I got to get this out of my port. Like it's in my port. I'm about to get a Divi bite and just ride back to the no, outside. no, don't not today, not, not today. in your denim, not. <laughs> Don't, don't not be out there in the sun in your denim on and my a <laughs> you can't. They, be, they be like Dave Hellum
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: passed away had a stroke
0: <laughs> <laughs> on Michigan and Lake. <laughs> he was wearing tight khakis, a denim jacket, and a Scully, even though it was eighty degrees.
1: Yeah, we can't have that. We have this when we're recording. It's you know, This is the first time we've had two back to back nights. See, you've been out in LA. So, every, every day is like this in life. I know, but every day. it has not been this here. It has been – I looked at the – me and my wife were looking at the calendar the other day, and I looked at the the 10-day the forecast, and the 10-day forecast was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be 59. I'm like, it's June. <laughs> like, And I get the whole, like, I was born and raised here. I get the whole Chicago, oh, you're from Chicago, you're supposed to know. Look, it's June. I shouldn't be seeing 59 as a high. I, I get it, bro. I just did, I didn't realize how bad it
0: was in terms until I got here because I got back here on Friday for my show right, and it's been pretty shitty until yesterday and today. So I get why people come out like like outside right now on Michigan Avenue. I was by the Art Institute and it was everybody was outside trying to fight for the for the sidewalk. The Bucket Boys, tourists from Wisconsin. It was a marching band from the hood from the South Side that was out there. Uh, just random white people. Um, they didn't
1: have the the rifle crew out there. Were they out there? No, no, no. Twirling?
0: No, no, no. This, this is just a regular black marching band. But the Bucket Boys are out there with their shirts off, scaring all the white people, right? And I was like, put y'all shirts on, like, cause y'all y'all play the buckets like drums. I get it, but it's just too much for some white folks. Like, like to have like the guys on the buckets with the shirts off and the dreads. They ain't ready for that. So they needed like the the Miami like. Chain like 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 around the as, as they beat the
1: buckets. Um, I don't know what I'm saying right now. I'm probably still drunk. Okay, all right. Can we talk about last Friday's show? Can we? I would like to talk about it, oh. and I would like to just give you my perspective because I didn't I didn't get a chance to talk. I was talking with felonius about this though. Oh, okay. So so I'm sitting there in the corner. You know, you come home, I come out. I want yeah, I want to see the show. I'm a huge fan of a dope ass comedy show at North Bar. And I'm sitting there, and Mel was sick, so she didn't come. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to look. I'm looking at the lineup, like, there's some comedians here that I really want to see. The audience participation uh, portion of the show, which is not really a thing in stand-up comedy. Let's talk about this. It really annoyed me. Like, as, as someone who was there to watch you and to watch the comedians, I was annoyed at how much people wanted to interject themselves into the show. So what's what's the right way to deal with it and what was your feeling about
0: it? Well they're banned from my show forever. Those, those those four chicks. And then that one person who brought the other people. And I met her at a show and guess where guess where guess how I met her? How? On outside after she had gotten kicked out of another show. Okay. Right? So and that's how we bonded. I was like, Oh man, it sucks that it sucks that, you know, you got kicked out. But no, it doesn't suck. This is this is what you do. And it's it's really is bothersome to me when people who are not comedians, like their dreams to be up there but they're like too scared to like actually go up there. So they wanna just make themselves a part of the show and and talk and and she was a nurse and so she was like, We've we've had a rough week. We can do this. And I was like, yo. I went in full teacher mode, bro. I wasn't even a comedian no I, I I went back to Mr. Hellem. Back to my teaching days in Chicago. Where I stopped I stopped the show. I stopped being funny. Right? And I was just like on this rant. And I was like, man, this is just blowing the mood of the show. And we've never had a show like that. Ever. Ever. And I, I was so freaking mad, man. I was like, you saw it like i and then i kept saying please put your glasses off the stage i don't want comics following them like tripping over your glasses coming up to the mic and they just kept, they kept doing it bro i was about to i was about to go to jail that night like i i i i, I hate when people are just assholes like i hate when people are just it's about themselves and it's no reason why they're doing it other than just to, to, to be selfish. Like, why would you put glasses on the stage when you see comics are walking up and they could easily, like, fall, twist their ankles? And it's your fault. There is no reason for you to have this on the stage. It's a simple thing. Just take your, take your drink, put it by, by your feet, right? And they just wouldn't do it. And I I was sweating. Like, I, like I, I, I was very angry. I'm very angry right now talking about this. Like, I hate inconsiderate people.
1: I really do. Well, I, I actually ran into Joey across the street after the show was over. Oh, I thought I had Yeah. And and I was talking with – I just told him that he did a great set. But he even stopped his set. He couldn't tell his last joke. And that's terrible. I mean, it's terrible for anyone, but that guy's one of the funniest dudes I've ever seen. Yeah, man. And the fact that he had to then, like, tailor his show around rowdy audience members – so what's what's the protocol in comedy for that to combat that? Uh, normally, like you just get kicked out the show. But North
0: bars are pretty like um, it's not a lot of security. It's like Dale works the door, my, my my guy Dale. I mean, and Dale will do it. Dale has fought many people at uh, the Continental at five a.m. where he just slaps them. But we we don't want that type of <laughs> that heat at, at my show, man. You know what I'm saying? So. I just never had to deal with it at my show. Because like, my crowd is pretty cool. This is diverse as hell. Like, it, like we, don't, we don't have those problems at my show. So to have that happen that one time, that's my brand, bro. Like, like coming up in July, is my three-year anniversary show. Wow. Three years. Wow. That first show started with maybe, like, 11 people. I had Hannibal Burris on that first show. And it might have been, like, some of my former students who came to the show to support. Because I had one of them performing as a musical guest. And, uh... Maybe like 11 audience members, and now to have it like packed out every month. I come back to L.A. It's a big thing, so don't don't ruin my shit. Like I built this stuff up. Like I've I've my journey through Chicago from having shows at the Promontory uh, to the Revival, like to the Laugh Factory. Like I've had a lot of stuff, but this is my only show that I have in Chicago now. Actually, I have to show at the Soul House every 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 three months, but for the most part, I don't do anything else outside of this show. So it's like don't ruin that. Because each month we have so many new people who come here who had never come to the show before, right? And I, I, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed, bro. I was like, "Yo, this is not typically what the show's like. And she was crying. Like, oh, my God. Why, why, why am I banned? I'm, I'm a supporter. And I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, that's
1: it. You were warned multiple times. Like, it, it was so bad that I I got up. And, and I was like, this is uncomfortable because I'm going to say something. And, like, and it's going to become a thing. So I got up, and I almost left the show, and then I ran into Felonius in the back, and, and I was just looking at him like, can you believe this? Like, this is, this is some bullshit. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, I, look, if, if a comedian asks for your participation, cool. If they're, hey, how's it going, or where are you from, or something like that, cool. But they don't need you interjecting into every moment of their stand-up And like you said, ruining it for everyone else. It just—it was just poor. And I get the look. Maybe it's your one night out that you get, and you're trying to have a good time. But you're here to be entertained. So why not be entertained? That's a common
0: thing on comedy shows, man. When people come out, and I don't realize that people have such low tolerances. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe because like I've been drinking since I've been like you know I guess what 17 years now, as uh, from 21 to 38, but. I got a pretty high tolerance. I do I know how to handle my shit. And some people just don't. And then like I see people have like a couple coronas and they're like, Oh my God, I am so I am wasted. I'm just like what like what what? Like, like, how how? How 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 ma'am, sir? Like how how's this happening? Like if this is the case, you should not be allowed to drink at all. This is not this is not for you, right? Anyway, I, I'm it's it's so funny that talking about this is making me so angry. But this is just a common part of comedy shows. But this is why I would hate doing shows when I first started in certain places. Like it, it was some hood spots. I was doing comedy at like in Blue Island and like the South Suburbs and You know, where people like really will heckle you. And mm-hmm. not, not, not heckle you for like fun, but you feel like 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 your manhood was just being checked. And there were times like this one dude was like, You corny. And I was just like, okay, um, I, like this is not gonna end well, right? And I would get roasted for for not for just dressing like a teacher because I would come off work and I would have like my my slacks and like my cardigan on, and I, I don't care, like you know. So then I started going to the mall and just dress, dressing more urban and buying jeans with the samurais on the back. <laughs> right? What are you doing? I don't know. I was trying to blend in, man. <laughs> I got I got I got like a three a three XL hoodie. You gotta have the jeans. <laughs> you gotta have the jeans with the pockets are three dimensional. They where, where they come out like vampire, like, <laughs> like, like, like vampire capes, like and there's a button on the, on the back of them. You know what I'm talking about? I do.
1: <laughs> and I had, know exactly what you're talking about. But
0: like some type of rhinestones on the side, and but samurai's have to be in the back pocket. And I was just buying shit like this because I was, I was trying to fit in. I, I didn't even go buy. I wasn't Dave allen back then. I was Davey Boy. Davy boy. I was trying to be somebody who I wasn't and you know um, it was just those days I look back at those days and I laugh because I I really thought that I was being judged or not accepted but now that those same people who I came up with look up to me as like somebody who's like
1: doing what I'm doing right so (laughs) So how did you figure out that you wanted to do Before you do all of the Los Angeles stuff, but you decided, I'm going to have a comedy show once a month. How does that even, how does that thought jump into your mind that I'm going to host a comedy show?
0: Well, when you host comedy shows, uh, you get, there are perks to it. For one, like, you get to do other people's shows. Like, it's just kind of like, you have a dope show, people want to do it, and you can do their shows, it's a a trade-off, but... I just like producing stuff, man. Like I've always wanted to be, like, in Chicago, one of those, like, influencers, like, like tastemakers where I just have dope events, whether it's comedy or it's just, like, a nice food event with nice music. Like, I, I just like entertaining. You know what I mean? So comedy, to me, um, I've had shows all over the city, but my, my whole thing was just creating a vibe where people just wanted to be there. And it's just like, oh, this is a cool thing to have. I, man, I've had shows on like 43rd. Uh, in Bronzeville, in the back of a cafe, like, like a summer series, like where it was an outdoor comedy show. I've had shows in Pilsen and art galleries, um, at the NYCH Gallery, like kind of where I was doing that once a month. called Thank You Very Much. Like I said, I had a weekly show at the Revival every Saturday called The Green Room. Uh, we had Blipsers on Broadway every Sunday at the Laugh Factory. And then um, we we had... Um, Blipster's uh, Blipster Life at the Promontory once a month, and then I have my show at North Bar, dope ass comedy show. So I've always liked putting shows together, man. You know, and I I realize that the more shows you produce and the better they are, the more the more kind of like quote unquote juice you get in terms of in terms of like the the comedy scene. Like people want to be a part of dope stuff, and when you have when you produce those things, like you know, it's kind of a cool thing. Like yeah, you know what? I am doing this, and I, I just I just enjoy. Producing good shows, and, and also I want to do stuff for the Chicago comedy scene because because I live in LA now. Like I know how important it is to to um, get people seen. Like last night, um, I had a friend; his name is M Dubs, Marvin Phipps, very funny guy, and uh, these, these true TV execs were uh, were there. And you know, Dubs has never met them before, but they see him on Facebook and he's hilarious, right? So I, I want to be able to get Dubs on live tracks next year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to give people opportunities to do shit. That's why I come back. It's not for me. I'm fine in their life. I just like coming back
1: and helping the comedy scene grow, bro. Plus, I just love this damn city. So do you think that what ends up happening with you is that you're not in front of the mic or in front of the camera as much, and you kind of morph into more of a producer role? Because if, if, if I look at your career arc, yeah. you're writing, you're producing, you're putting together shows – do you still like actually doing comedy, or is is it more exciting to no, help that. other people do it? It's, I mean, it's both. It's, it's not mutually exclusive, you know
0: what I mean? Like, I, I really, I think I'm one of the best comics in the country. I'm not, I'm like, no bullshit. It's just, um, I mean, I'm not, how can I say this without sounding bitter? Like, I like doing what I'm doing, but this is allows me to... Control what I can control. I I, I want to do other comedy. I want to be on Netflix, I, but I'm not right now. You know what I'm saying? So, so one of those things was like, until that happens, I'm just going to keep producing shows that are quality and keep doing that. But then when, when people come to the show and they see me on my sets, like, they're going to see that I'm funny. But a lot of times people say, well, are you are you going to tell jokes? Like, what you mean? Well, you're hosting. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tell jokes. But, you know, people don't, they don't really get to see me do a full set a lot of times. But if you see me do a half hour or 45 minutes, you're going to be like, Yo, that dude's that dude's amazing. You know, you've seen like my jokes on true TV and and stuff like that. So I don't know. But I think people sometimes forget that it's that uh, I still I still got these hands mm-hmm. on this comedy shit. I just like producing and and, and letting other folks shine. Sometimes I just be tired, man. I fly in from LA and then I go for, I go from uh O'Hare, I take the
1: blue line, I see people smoking stuff. Uh <laughs> I saw some kids today, man. I was just like, really? Before school? Um, I, I was out for a walk by Mount Carmel, and I was just going, y'all already, it's 7.15 in the morning. Y'all high already? I mean, that's nothing new, man. Come on. It was I out. know. It's just, I, as I get older, I guess I'm I'm probably more like taken aback by Get it. off my lawn. That's very much get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Lawrence, get, your, Lawrence, get off my lawn home. Get your home. damn dog <laughs> off my lawn, too. I'll be seeing
0: y'all. Yo, what's crazy? Like, like you're a South Sider, right? So that area is changing so much. It's like gentrifying. I saw a white dude skateboarding down King Drive, going like southbound, and I was like, "They gonna beat, <laughs> they gonna beat your ass!" Like, I was like, "Get off the skateboard." But, but I also realized that they're not gonna beat his ass. Like, he's gonna be fine. But the audacity to, to just like, because once you get past like 55th and King.
1: Going southbound. man. I guess a little, uh, a little. If if you stay on King, so like you almost have to stay within the boundaries of UFC East. Yeah, it's got to be cottage to to the lake. If you go any further west than that, oh man, you're still gonna run into
0: some issues. My friends from LA got an Airbnb recently, and it was off like.
1: Forty third, but it was west of. So like forty third and like Champlain, like around there. Yeah, yeah, Bruh, bruh, When I tell you, as a black person,
0: and I'm just I'm scared. I'm like, you know what? Um, it was a it was a it was an Airbnb, and in the back they had a, a doghouse with an antenna on the top, and the dog got cable. <laughs> It wasn't even a dog. It wasn't wasn't no dog there. I was like, "What the what the fuck is this?" I don't know what part. I think it's Englewood, but the the Airbnb was nice itself. But I was just like, "This is crazy, man!" Like, no, I'm not. I stay east myself. I've been. I I went to Marian Catholic, man. Like, I ain't no thug. I ain't no thug, man. Like, I'm not. I'm not putting myself. In, in in harm's way, but it's, it's some places in Chicago, like I'm, I'm just not going. We, we get a bad rep in Chicago. Chicago's a, re- a
1: really great city, but there are pockets where you just you you should not be there. I agree with you. Englewood will be next, though. Englewood will be the next. They're going to call that West Hyde Park soon. It's it's not. I mean, Woodlawn has already kind of gotten annexed. You know, like it's kind of already been annexed and with the Obama is, library That's coming great. in, it's going to it's you see some stuff like i I walk past like from the time that I bought my place. And I have a I have a condo in Kenwood, too, um, that I rent out. And from the time I bought that place to now, I mean, obviously, it's a long time. But the changes that have happened have been amazing. It's if you own a property.
0: Gentrification is your friend. It is. <laughs> it is. Right. It's not. It's not a bad thing. And, and I, people get mad about because it, it it drives the prices up on the rent, but it also drives up the, the prices on the property value, if you own property. So what what what's the message in all of this? Get some goddamn property, right, and enjoy it. And when you see the people building the community gardens outside of crack houses, right, and and that's what it is.
1: You just enjoy that shit, man. I told I told my wife, Dave, I was. We were walking down by 65th and Woodlawn. Because you know that they have the garden there. There's the community garden. That's exactly the one I'm talking about. I know so. it's the <laughs> one that you're talking about. And and there's a lot of buildings that are going up. Yeah. And my wife said, you know, do you think that someone's going to buy that land and then put houses? And I was like, oh, no. No, 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 no. I was like, your people, because my wife is white. I was like, your people are here now? And they will... They will pick up arms for the community garden. It might not be a lot of other things that they're gonna pick up arms for, but you're not taking them tomato plants. I can tell you that. That should be a movie. Like,
0: remember, like how in Breaking and Breaking, Electric Boogaloo. Like, I think, I think they were trying to like build.
1: Uh, but they were tearing down the community center, right? Miracles, but, right? Wasn't it miracles? I, I, I don't know. That, that white girl was so fine, but Kelly, but, damn man. Man, she was, Lucinda Dickey is the name of the oh actress. My,
0: she was bad, bro. Um, but there should be a movie um, called like White Breaking," where they just save a community garden, and they just—they're I mean, not breakdancing. They just like doing Pilates in, in, in the garden, and, and
1: I don't know how you would phrase it, but you know, I would watch it. I, I think that we we should do something with that. <laughs> we should we should. I mean, think <laughs> about it. Like, you have the community garden, and then you have like what you could do is you could have like. We could make it an Obama esque character who wants to put their building in the community garden. And then you could have the white people revolt <laughs> in the black neighborhood about the, the black politician's library that's taking away the that's community That's all breaking. Garden. That's all breaking was, but they were breaking it. So maybe
0: instead of having a break dance, they could just drink LaCroix and. And, and meditate
1: i don't, I don't know but every time you 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 bring that up in your shows I laugh because that's my wife's like thing lacroix oh my god it's it is all over the house it is different flavors and I'm like this is bubble water <laughs> like this is not even good they got boubla now uh, <laughs> Buble? Yeah, the,
0: the, have you seen that? No. B- B-U-B-L-E, it's, it's, a, it's like a, a competitor to uh, Lacroix. It's like Pepsi and Coke. You know, it's like the same shit, man. But to be honest, it's 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 not that bad. Uh, the the flavor water and come on, let's say okay, let's let's talk about this, man. I didn't know that people were so afraid of uh, calories and, and and like so much. So like. I and mean, being a black person, like, like if you bring Lacroix or diet soda or pop to any like cookout, somebody gonna beat your ass, right? <laughs> we should do a challenge. We just, we like we just drive around. To, to like black cookouts on the south side, and, and see how many diet cokes we can find. No, we bring the Lacroix to people, and we and, and then we just record their their, their reactions
1: <laughs> as we're running to the car because that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna be throwing those things. It's at like us. the
0: Pepsi challenge. Like you know, they used to be like they would like have you have like Pepsi or Coke, and then they would drink drinking. They're like, mm, I like Pepsi more. We're, we're not gonna give them a choice. We're just gonna hand them Lacroix, and we're gonna record their reactions. They gonna be like, mm, this nasty as fuck, <laughs> right? And then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they're gonna be throwing them cans at us, man. Them half full cans. That's what's gonna happen to us. Oh man, with the Lacroix. But yeah. Anyway, back to the gentrification thing. It's it's such a complicated issue, obviously. But I I did tell Mel I was like, these people will kill you over that community garden. Like that's a the one over at sixty first and Woodlawn. Them people are try try and take it, and see what happens. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, bro. My issue, though, I've been thinking about this. As a, as a
0: Southsider, I go to a lot of Cubs games, right? And, you know, Wrigleyville is its own as own thing. It's so many businesses, so many bars. It makes a lot of money for the for the, the community, right? Uh, with, with the Southside being gentrified and having more people coming with and, you know, more money is being spent, we got to get more shit around the White Sox Stadium, man. Like, like, like I, I went to a game recently, and it's like, I mean, maybe they want it like
1: that, where it's like you you can only go to like the park across the street, the, the bar. Yeah, the Shy Sox bar. Yeah, that they have like that's their own thing, and it's dope. Like they have their menu is is Gibson's. It's like, great, but that's the only shit. Like like it's you got to like, walk all the way to Halstead
0: before you. It's like a hot dog spot that's like further down on Thirty First. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's really good too, but it's like yo, if you we need to put more stuff on the south side to to make it pop more because the like hot is great. Like, Hyde Park is booming. They're putting the Trader Joe's, a.k.a. White Aldi's. um, That's what it is. It is. um,
1: Where Treasure Island used to be. Like, I love Hyde Park. I actually think that we have too much in Hyde Park now. Like, it's already like— On that one street? 53rd. Like, it's just downtown—it's called downtown Hyde Park now, Dave. I don't know if you— No, I didn't know that. If you realize—like, seriously, on Lakeshore Drive, there's now a sign if you're getting off 53rd How do you have a downtown for a place that's two streets— I don't know, but we have now become downtown. It's High It's fifty fifth uptown. Like, like 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 how do you have a downtown with with, with two damn streets? My guess is fifty seventh is uptown. That's my guess. Is fifty seventh is High, uptown because High Park goes from fifty first to fifty seventh. Right, it's, it's it's six blocks. Fifty first to 59th. but the university is cutting off oh, some okay. of You're that. Right. I take that. That's fifty first to the midway. That's Let's a, say that. That's a mile. That's that's one
0: mile, and let's say like that's the length is one mile. And Cottage how, to Stony. That's so that's eight hundred west to sixteen. So it, it, it's literally a one mile by one mile. I'm a, I should be a math teacher, okay? I know these numbers, bitch. All right, all right. So it's, 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 you uh, know the grid? I know the grid, but that's how I used to teach. Um, I used to actually teach uh, that to the to the kids because math they, they teach you so much bullshit. But I, I was to teach my kids how to how to use the grid so that, that they would know. Like, without using the GPS like where they're going and how far it was taking how far it would be man like you know remember remember when you were in grade school they gave you they gave you grip grip uh grab paper right and the graph paper you would make like a x x y axis and you had to plot stuff plot points oh yeah right so I would teach that but I would teach it with actual Chicago stuff right so at the center of the grid would be um state Madison because that is the that's like zero zero on mm-hmm. both of them right and i would give the kids like different pinpoints around the city like i would give them like like stadiums i would give them like united center soldier field right so i would say if 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 it's from this point to this point um what is the distance using the pythagorean theorem you know what i'm saying like how far how far north would you have to go and how, i'm sorry so to go, go to united center to soldier field let's say that right how far east would you have to go and how far south would you have to go and then take the Use the Pythagorean theorem to figure out
1: how far that would be an actual mile, and they really enjoyed that. You know what I'm saying? It's practical, and that's I, in education. I think that's something that's become more important. Is yes, you can talk about all the theory stuff, and I, you know, I I know I'm going to sound kind of like a dick because I just finished grad school, but oh yeah, the the what really annoyed me as a student at this point in my life was all the theory that I kept seeing. I was like, nah, there's no practical use for that, what you're talking about. And what you're saying is that the educational experience, when you make it practical, you have more of a buy-in. Like kids can actually buy into the idea of, oh, this is how I work the grid. Now, you know how I know why it's important? My own experience. My own experience was South. Like my whole life was South. We grew up in Roseland. Over 111th and Halsted, like around there. Okay. Moved out to Homewood specifically for me to go to HF when I was 14. And my grammar school is on 95th and Harvard. Okay. What I didn't understand about the North Side, and it took me like a couple days to figure it out once I got to DePaul, I was like, why are the numbers going the other way? Right. Like, I couldn't, like, I was like, what? Why? why are these numbers getting bigger? And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me because I never spent any time north of Madison. Well, nobody ever taught you that, like,
0: the numbers south are almost like negative numbers and, like, the numbers north on the north side are kind of like positive numbers because they're going in different different ways, right? But once somebody explains it, you're like, ah, oh, it's very simple, right? And my dad did that shit to me. My dad broke it down and told me that in Chicago, eight blocks is one mile. In Chicago and I, I never and my, my, my dad may he rest in peace I will never forget that like that and I, I think about that all the time as I'm moving around the city like well how many miles do I got to go and some people might say like why does it matter it might not matter because we have like google maps and all this other stuff now but this is common sense shit that people should just be able to do like, like what do people do before like gps and all this stuff I've right? been
1: thinking about like my own experience with it And like places, like difficult places to get to, you would have to depend on someone giving you detailed directions. In Chicago, I think it's easier because of the grid. Like, you know, every four blocks, there's a big street. So, even if you get turned around, you know that you are going to eventually run into a big street that can help point you in the right direction. New York, too. And New York is even easier. You know what I mean? But it's, I mean, it's dirty, but it's easy. It is dirty. It's very dirty. I don't like New York or Philly. I don't like cities where they don't have alleys. I don't like shitty pizza. And I I will fight you if you talk to me about.
0: Dollar slices and cause people say Chicago pizza. No, it's not pizza. It's casserole, it's lasagna with bread around it. I will beat your ass. Okay, like like I, I will fight you. It's delicious. <laughs> it's tasty. If you talk shit about deep dish or Italian fiesta, come find me. It's not a game, Lawrence.
1: Italian fiesta, man. It's good. It's good, greasy. Like, have you have you been to the the new setup that they have on Forty Seventh now? <laughs> It,
0: the spot that they used to have was so like it was Janky. So, it was so good. I'm, I'm not no, but also I'm, I don't eat meat, so like oh that's right. But, but I, exactly. I, I would love the uh, the joint with the uh, Italian sausages, the the peppers and the mushrooms. It was like the Chicago special, like. But I don't eat that stuff no more, you know. And I'm it's it's hard being a vegetarian, man. Like because people keep saying like, oh, like like you lost weight and all this stuff, but like to me I'm still fat, right? So it's like. I gotta keep going, man. And then coming back home, they, 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 they keep trying to pull me back into the bullshit of Chicago food. I ain't going. I'm not going,
1: bro. So, so what do you do like in, in a night like last night where you were out kicking it with the other comedians hard and you're looking for late night food to soak up some of that alcohol? What's your go to now? Just more alcohol, man. It's not <laughs> even food. If I'm gonna have this,
0: this sounds so crazy, but you know how they say like alcohol with empty calories? It's still calories. It's true. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? If I'm not gonna eat, nah, I'm in the long island. Whatever, you know. Um, or I'll just uh, go to seven eleven and get a cheese. Stick. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> you don't know how long it's been there.
1: But it's fine.
0: I mean they have food at seven eleven 11 I'm like, how? How like they have these things I used to eat when, when I was eating meat like these pieces of cheese with, with like the prosciutto wrapped around them. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I would have like four of those at one time with with a Gatorade, and I would just it was like it's better than sex, man. Just 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 eating those and go to sleep in the Uber and
1: whatever, uh, Lawrence. I, I'm I'm not trying to Want a pro tip on Seven Eleven. Remember how good lemon cookies were when we were a kid. Lemon cookies? You never had a lemon cookie? I didn't. I had them. I don't think they're that great. 7-Eleven lemon cookies are for real.
0: Really?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like a dollar. I'm more of a peanut butter cookie guy. Oh, okay. There's nothing wrong with that. They have those, too. You can get like two for a dollar, like two little packages for a dollar, and the lemon cookies are out of this world. Are they like the stuff with the cream in the middle? Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. They're so good. Like, I was blown away. It was one of those days where... Like you wanted something, be like, I don't. know, Nothing's like hitting you, and you walk past, like, oh, lemon cookies. I remember these when I was a kid. I remember we had strawberry cookies too. Yeah, Hell's great. And I was like, these can't be as good as what I remember lemon cookies. And I opened them up, and I was like, damn, if these are not fantastic. I used to like them with milk. You, you dip them in the milk, and then you eat them. I was I was a fat kid. I, 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 there's nothing mean? like. There's nothing inherently fat about dipping cookies in milk. It's like a, the whole thing. That's the bit. Like that's the whole bit is you dip cookies in milk. Yeah, but we didn't
0: really grow up on like eating healthy shit. Like, that's we, true. We just grew up on just all like processed foods, like fish sticks and and uh, pizza rolls. Because it was, I was it was like convenient to have all, all this stuff. And we had three three boys in my house, you know. But like, so my mom if we. It would take a lot more effort for her to like make food from scratch and do all this other shit. So we grew up on like microwave
1: stuff. Remember uh, the, the great line from Fonte: is, "Went to the repass and ate the same shit that killed him." Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I mean, it's it's a thing. It's absolutely a thing. So was the vegetarian deal, and was it? Was it based in you didn't want to harm animals, or was it based in you wanted to eat healthy? It's a it's a health thing. It's not about the animals. Uh, no disrespect to the animal lovers out there,
0: but my best friend works for the University of Chicago, and he's a doctor. And, you know, he will just tell me, like, man, I, I worry about you, you know? Like, you're out all the time. Like, you don't get a lot of rest, um, you know? Plus, I was probably putting on some pounds, you know what I'm saying? this over time, so... You know, he, he just kept it real with me, and I was like, you know what? Because he had lost a lot of weight. I said, I said, how'd you lose this weight? And he said, man, he said, I don't eat meat. I don't eat meat, meat by myself. So he will go out and have meat. And like if it's, if it's social, he'll 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 have some chicken or stuff like that. Well, That's a really interesting way to do it. He said, I don't, I won't eat meat by myself. Huh? Like some people won't won't drink by themselves. He won't eat meat by himself. I'm not saying that he won't ever eat meat. But for the most part, it's plant based stuff, and I was like, I want to do that. Has it been difficult? No, it's not, um, not at all. Because like when you go to when you go to the uh, grocery store, they have a lot of options. I go to Trader Joe's a lot, and you know, um, plant based is like the jam there, so they have a lot of different options. And now they have this bi meat stuff, like in L.A. where I live. There's a spot called Del Taco. They have these meatless tacos. They're so delicious. But I don't I don't eat fast food like that. But if I do, I you can go to Chipotle. They got the sofritas, which is like the uh the the fake meat situation going on. Or you You can go rice and, and beans. Yeah, you, you don't even need it. Yeah. Honestly, like I think the meat is overrated. I don't miss it that much. I don't. You don't miss it as much as you thought you would mm-hmm. when you I don't. It's it's one of those things where it's like what? When you think about meat, I'm asking you personally. What do you really enjoy? Like, like,
1: what are things that you really enjoy eating? Like steak, a really nice steak, or pepperoni on a pizza. Now, I like the steak too, and pepperoni. I, so
0: I just find things that can to give me like a similar type of jam. So like, I like mushrooms a lot because mushrooms, when you when you cook them right and you 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 season them and you you know you um. Put them, put them on the uh, the stove with olive oil. It kind of has a steak like texture to it. Sure, it's not, it's not steak, but it's
1: kind of like it's, it's similar to it, and it's fine. Mushroom burgers were like a big thing for a long time, so I I completely get that. I I'm trying not to take up all your time, but there's there's a couple more things I want to ask you about we haven't even talked about L A. Mm-hmm. What was the what is your L A. experience been like, and how different is it? for you being a lifelong Chicagoan now transplanted out there? My only goal is
0: to help people, man. And As long as I'm okay financially, like I'm I'm not – when I was teaching, I was hurting. When I was teaching high school, I was struggling out here in these streets. And I don't know why necessarily, but I found myself not being able to help out people. I just wasn't making enough money. We just don't make enough money as teachers, right? Living check to check. In the last school I was at was like the lowest salary I had ever made. And I was just kind of in a really bad place. So now living in L.A., writing for TV shows, the money's a lot better. It's like just straight up, right? And only thing about it is that you're not always working because things end. But you get residuals from like, you know, what you worked on. Or you might get unemployment for what you worked on until you get the next thing. So, you get opportunities to to create stuff and work with people and bring on who you know to these projects. Cause that's really all this shit is, man. Like, I'm putting you on the game right now. Like, it's a lot about who you know. Because we're all funny people. We, we can all write. Well, not everybody, but a lot of us can. So, it's just a lot, a lot about who you know. So, I come back home. And I try to get people to to <laughs> to leave Chicago, man. Like 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 uh, they can come back and visit. They can come back and live if they want to. But you got to go for a little while, man. Like like these are comics I'm talking about. Like if you're if you're a regular person, a civilian, and you love Chicago, that's great. But but for the entertainment field, it's not a lot of jobs
1: out here. So so why is that? I mean, going all the way back to common, you know, common just bounced just was like i'm out of here because there's why isn't there an an entertainment infrastructure in a city this large
0: well the money is if you bring the money here you're taking money away from somewhere else right and i just feel like for like television all the sitcoms and tv shows are filmed in la that's just where it's at you know and this is kind of like that's the la's thing and chicago's getting more like that now and atlanta is too Right, Atlanta, Atlanta's huge in it, right? Um, but I kind of feel like we got to change the mentality, the, the Chicago mentality, because even though we're the third biggest city for now, because Houston's on to come catching up, us, yes. Right? Even though we're, we're the third biggest city, we still have the mentality of a very small city compared to how big our city is, and sometimes like people want to be Chicago famous, you know, like that, that's the thing. And it's like, it's not really a thing, but it's a thing. It shouldn't be a thing, you know. But we have we're very arrogant, we're very cocky as as, as Chicago because we like our city's dope, you know what I'm saying? And, and we kind of exist in this this bubble in just Chicago where you don't have to leave here, right? And some people feel like they can do it from here, and unless your name is Chance the Rapper, you can't. Uh, I, I give Chance. All the love. But everybody who, who I know who who has done things, they've they've left, they come back. Hannibal's back. This back in Chicago. He left for ten years. You just gotta go out there. So my experience in LA is kinda like I don't love it. It's just a means to an end. It's like I, I don't like LA like that. LA is the weather's great, but it's like a big it's like a big strip mall, right? With with nice pockets. That that are like oh this is West Hollywood or this is Hollywood but Hollywood is not even nice looking and like like have you ever been on like Hollywood Boulevard and you see like no. you see like dirty Spider Man and, and like and, and well that in New York you see that in no, Times Square yeah, where you I get that I hate that shit it, it's so many homeless people in LA man and it, it smells like pee when it's hot all the time and it's just like but then there are sometimes when you are just outside
1: and you're like ah oh, this weather is just that's it. The weather's just dope every day, for the most part, right? So when you're there in the winter, especially while the, did you? I can't remember. Were you home during the polar vortex this year? No, no, I wasn't. I, I didn't know if that was the week that you came in to do the show or not. But I just, I was sitting there thinking because I used to have a, I used to have a place in Arizona, and I sold it a long time ago, and I loved that place only for only because it's a small place. It's 500 square feet. Mm-hmm. But I had the peace of mind of, I could just get on a plane, and be there in three and a half hours, and it's seventy degrees there. I I texted Mel today, so I have now found my my adult uniform is shorts and a polo. Like that's, like that's where I would prefer to wear every day if I could. Let me ask you this:
0: as a Chicagoan, born and raised, um. How important or how how depressing is it during the the winter months? Like
1: it's, it's gotten to me over the last I would say the last three years is the first time that I ever like entertained the idea of leaving, and I'm one of these people that you're talking about, Dave. I'm I love my city. I put on for it, and you know I've pretty much lived out my dream here, but. There, there were moments over the last three years where I was like, hmm. That's why there's so many shootings in Chicago, in, in, my, in my opinion. Because, like, the weather is so
0: shitty. People just come outside, and they don't know how to freaking act, man. It's like, 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 it's. I was literally coming to the station now to, to see you. And I'm going through all this traffic. And, like I said, it's just a boatload of people outside. Because we don't get to have good weather in Chicago. So whenever we get it, everybody's like, ah! I got to go outside, right? It's and, true. And people are outside. Women are scantily clad, and people just don't know how to act. And guys get hurt. Like, I think most of the, the shootings that that happen revolve around toxic, just male uh, fragil- toxic ma- masculinity. Fragility is what I what I say. Like, 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 like women uh, turning the dude down, and the guy can't help it, but he has like all this money because he's like one of these street guys, and then, and then he just he's like fuck it, I gotta shoot up the, the spot, and it's just like it's just people getting shot over over bullshit. But when, when when the weather gets nice, people just come out and they don't know how to act. You know what I'm saying? Like we just need better weather, and I don't know how, if it's ever going to happen because it's Chicago, but
1: we don't know what to do with ourselves out here, man. For Christmas, uh, me and Mel went to Miami. Miami is her happy place. So was that nice for Christmas. Yeah, it okay. was great. Okay. So the desert is my happy place. The beach is hers, and so we we went out. And you know, Miami's not really my thing. LA is both of those together. It, I know, I know. <laughs> and and we went there, and I was like, man, this is. And I did a couple shows down there. I did my radio show in Chicago from a studio in Miami, and after three days there, I was like, you know. This could be dope. You know, I, I would I could I could live here. And that's never really been a thing for me of I could live somewhere else. And Miami definitely wasn't on my list of places. And I, I was like, man, this is all right. Like, this is this is like, can you imagine D-Wade when he came back home? and He was like, what am I doing? I couldn't understand why he signed. <laughs> like I see, like I was like he he does know that most of the NBA schedule is played in the winter, right? Because it's not gonna be like what was going on in Miami, not not up in here. Plus, he's gonna have all sorts of people asking him for stuff coming back here. But you're you damn right. Like
0: I, that was a failed experiment. But I do think if Rondo would have stayed healthy, that because remember we were up two zero on the Celtics, and then Rondo like broke his hand. I want to say, and then they, they they won the next four games, but. Those Chicago Bulls were not a bad team. Think about it. it was it was Jimmy Butler, it was Dwayne Wade, but old Dwayne Wade though, yeah, uh, Jimmy Butler, <laughs> <laughs> D-Wade, Rondo. I mean, I, I forgot the other pieces, but with a with a better coach, we could have
1: been something. Man. Yeah, and Bulls are going to be interesting for the next. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I already know that there are people over there at 1901 West Masson that hate me. Like I see it, I see it on John Paxson's face when I walk into the building. I know that we have beef, and you know some yeah, we got beef, and at some point it's gonna come to a head. You're gonna see a headline out in L.A. You're gonna see a video of me yelling at him or him yelling at me. You'd be like, "Oh, Lawrence told me that that was gonna happen, and damn it if it didn't happen." I, I mean, I'm a big Bulls fan. I honestly, I don't
0: even mind Jim Boylan that much. I, I-,
1: I don't either. I actually think that I'm coming around on Jim Boylan, like. I think that I like him. The problem is, is everything that happened to get to him. Like everything that surrounds the Bulls. You know what, man? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this on my podcast that don't have nothing to do with sports. I'm not going to talk about sports. It's just going to make me mad. Okay. And I'm going to be like you talking about the audience. So I'm, because is it, Dave, it's going to send me down a bad road. Let's not do it then. Okay. Let's let's not do it. All right. let's, Let's not do that. Let's. Let's go back. I just want to ask you about your experience of of writing. Yeah. And 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 trying to find the next thing. Like can you talk about the blackish experience? You mean like the uh like what it was like for you to to oh, submit yeah. and and try to be a part of it. This I mean I think as a minority
0: writer, a male minority writer, um the pool is not that huge, man, you know. It's just not that many like black male writers. and working on Rail. So that that was uh my last uh sitcom I worked on, which came on Fox. Which I was kinda mad about it
1: a little bit. Did you know did you know Rail before you got to Rail? I couldn't remember. I know he's from here. Rail's my mentor,
0: man. Like I used to drive Rail around for years in Chicago. And people would just call me like Rail's driver and they would they would they would roast me like the other with, oh he's just Rail's driver. I'm like, man, I'm learning shit that you all have no knowledge about, and I'm, I'm being taken places, well, I'm taking him places, because uh, I was driving, but I'm going places with him that, you know, meeting people that that you all have no access to. So I learned a lot about the game, and me and Rel started working on, uh, working on a pilot about a t- about my teaching life, right? And we started working on it and writing, and then Rel had to leave to do Friends of the People and, other stuff and we never finished it, right? And what we started ended up being something that I'm trying to sell right now. Like like my first writing sample called Yo Child Left Behind, which is like a the story of my of my my, my your te- teaching. My, my teaching. It's hilarious, man. It's it's very funny sitcom. Um and so I knew Rel for a very long time and then you just had to wait for your for your moment. So he got his show and what people don't realize when you, when people have these shows, the networks don't let you just hire who you wanna hire. They they hire who they wanna hire. And you know, for me this is like my second writing job. So I had to wait until they staffed out these other people who who they wanted. And Rail kept saying, like, you know, we're gonna try to bring you on. He's like, I know you're dope. But I know I'm gonna try to get you on. And it was very frustrating. I didn't think it was gonna happen. And it happened. And that, that that job was so dope. Every day, just going into a writer's room with some of the funniest, most creative minds. Like, rest in peace, Kevin Barnett. Uh, one of my best friends who was the co-creator of that show. Um, just coming into a positive space. Like, it's something you never experienced in Chicago where, like, you're making more money than you ever made in your life. They got lunch every day. I gained a lot of weight, but I didn't care, man. I was just happy, you know? And... Same thing with um, this Blackish interview that I had, but I didn't get the job at Blackish. I found out somebody else got it. Great for this person who I know very well. But I also interviewed for the spinoff called Mixedish um, to be a staff writer, and I don't know if I'm gonna get that or not. But I feel good about it. I, ho- I hope I get ho- Hope that by the time you hear this podcast, I'll have good news about it because I feel good about it, right? And just to. Each job is like leveling up a little bit. Like your name, you know, like people, and you, let's say you do you, you do a good job on it, right? People trust you. It just leads to more work. It's just it's, it's dope how, how how that kind of uh, just happens. I'm actually writing a movie with Rail right now. Really? Yeah. Um, I tell I have more to tell about that once that shit gets sold. But like, uh, yeah. I mean, I
1: can't say much about it. But I understand. You know. But I, I'll just say this. You seem like you're in a really good space right now. I'm chilling, man. Yeah. I mean, other than what happened last night. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but that's that's part of the struggle
0: though, brother. Like, like it is I gotta get to a point where I am in a good place. Now I'm just trying to get my health in order. So that cause we John Singleton just died, bro. 51. Like, at 51, right? So it's like I can be making all the money. How can we doing all these dope things? But if my health is not in order, what's the point? Because that's the most important thing you have. What's what, what is money? You know what I'm saying? Like like if, if you have no health,
1: it's nothing. But you be walking around the city, man. I'm I'm about to get on this Divi bike, man, and, and... I'm telling, please don't don't end up on the channel nine <laughs> <laughs> news. <laughs> just, 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 just Duarte talking about Chicago comedian Dave Hellem hey, passed out on the lakefront. Over on 31st Street.
0: Uh, yeah, Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe, maybe
1: tomorrow should be. Uh, I think today is the day you go walk, But not, you don't, where, where okay, like, let's do this. Where are you going after this? Well,
0: right now I'm very hungry, and I've had a very late night, so I need some food. And I need, I need some food that's going to help me soak up some of this alcohol that's in my system. So I want some cheese pizza. It's not very very vegetarian-friendly. I don't care. I want some good cheese pizza. I'm going to go find some good cheese pizza.
1: Okay. I mean, there's Giordano's downstairs. Is it? Yeah, literally downstairs from here. You can try it. Yes, Lawrence. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's right there. I appreciate you doing this, man. I know you're hella busy, and uh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um,
0: I'm here in town for these uh, lab chat lab tracks uh tapings cuz last year I was on the show but this year I'm actually writing the uh the, the joint so um it's kind of cool just just being in a, a, on the other side of it mhm but I told
1: you come by man like like if, if you if you have any free time I might come through tonight I might I might see if, if Mel wants to go to uh downtown high park and uh prom- and <laughs> have dinner and then we'll just walk right over okay. maybe have dinner and Chant and then walk right over okay but thank you man Man, it's it's always a pleasure man i appreciate you
0: thank you for having me on the podcast bro
1: that is my boy dave hellum and you can follow him on twitter very simply at dave hellum h-e-l-e-m follow him on twitter he's fantastic i would do emails right now but there aren't any it's like you guys you're still listening to the podcast but Maybe I'm knocking it out of the park as far as the guests that I'm bringing on because what would usually happen is there would be suggestions on what guests I should have on the show. A lot of times, though, those suggestions would be people who were already on the show. But regardless, you can still email the podcast. I still get the emails. It, just because we went to a bi-monthly schedule it doesn't mean that I'm not taking emails. Podcast at gmail.com is the way that you can email it. But I'm, I'm glad that, that Dave had the time, that he was available. Uh, he's one of my favorites. I'm so happy for him. He's, he's doing so well. And I'm telling you, he's one of them dudes that you're going to be like, oh, a Chicago guy? Sweet. Always helpful. So I'm going to get out your way. But I will tell you in, in closing of today's podcast, man – I can tell you right now that episode 68 is going to be Alex Brown. It's already done. We talked for two hours. A couple of uh, things I've shared on the show and on the Loho podcast. But I'm telling you, man, you're going to want to hear the whole thing. By the way, speaking of the Loho podcast, Loho Daily. If you like what I do here, I do more sportsy-esque type stuff on Loho Daily. Just search for it. Same place where you're listening to this podcast. Just search for Loho Daily, and you'll see some of the cool stuff and the cool people in the sports world that I've talked to. But in two weeks, Alex Brown in studio talking about everything. Thanks for listening. Peace.